0: Hey everyone, I'm Matthew.
1: And I'm Ileana, welcome to The Armory.
0: This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples.
1: We wanna provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith.
0: Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's word and abide in Christ.
1: Thanks for joining.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. We're back after having a really fun interview last, I guess it was two weeks ago when we were in Michigan. Yeah. If you guys didn't listen to our podcast episode last week, we interviewed Dan and Christy Cook, um, no relation to the former Eliana Cook. Just kidding. And <laughs> um, we just had a really good time with them. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, it was just really cool hearing their story, hearing yeah, it
1: was awesome. all
0: the things that they've been through to get to where they are in ministry and, and their passions. definitely an episode worth checking out. I feel like yeah. we, it seems like we haven't recorded in, in like a month.
1: I know. I mean, maybe it it's because we drove
0: like all the way from Michigan to here. I felt like we drove through. But a, also the it feels warp.
1: like we've just, only been home for like a week and haven't we been home for like two weeks?
0: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
1: We probably have people listening who maybe just started listening because a lot of people listened to our last episode, right?
0: That's true. Maybe we have some first time listeners.
1: So if this Sorry. is your first time without Bummer. Dan and Christy... Thanks for listening. Sorry, they're not going to be here.
0: See you next time.
1: If you want to leave, then go ahead.
0: Uh, no, but um, I guess a lot's been happening this week. That's probably why it feels like it's been such a long time.
1: Yeah, we've been busy.
0: We've been crazy busy. We've been setting up our new office here in Maryland at the church and You just finished your job. I just finished my job that I was working in Texas remotely, which was awesome. Um, not awesome to finish. I mean, it feels good to be done and moving on to something else, but that job itself was awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: kind of bittersweet. Um, but it's cool because I'm transitioning into this new season, pastoral ministry. But the big thing—I've just finished my master's degree.
1: Praise the Lord! So good job, babe.
0: Haven't technically graduated, but the work is done. So that's yeah. kind of maybe that's why it's felt You've like been, an eternity yeah. since last been, like, time we were on a doing,
1: podcast. You're like regular college schedule doing oh, homework until like midnight. That's like this is good though because now
0: that? I'm gonna have a job. That's just a normal. I'm not. I shouldn't say normal. Ministry is not normal, but. It's just going to be like, well, I'm, I'm kind of prepared for the craziness of working a full-time job, doing a full-time class. Because those things are getting sucked out of my life now. So maybe yeah. it'll, maybe it will even out. Yeah.
1: When we moved here, people were like, <laughs> oh, so what are you guys doing for the next few months until residency starts? I'm like, well, we both still have full-time jobs. Matt's still a full-time student. We're going to be new parents. So we've been busy. But Oh,
0: that's right. We're also having a child. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, lots Did going on. I, sometimes I forget. Lots going on.
1: It's easy to forget when you're not the one speaking that has of, the baby inside speaking you. Speaking of
0: forgetting and not paying attention to anything, uh, we're, today we're talking about the passivity of culture. Um, I think this is an issue that really kind of flies under the radar a lot, especially today, um, because it's had a very slow, gradual shift from yeah, maybe good. 100 years ago to today. It's not like this thing that's just appeared on the scene right um but maybe i'll define what we mean by passivity passivity because i think that that word kind of can get thrown around a lot maybe people don't yeah. understand what it means That's a good. Point. so i found a dictionary definition and this is very interesting i had to find a dictionary an online dictionary that was older because all of the new dictionaries or have a different d- definition different? And I'll, I'll, you didn't even know this I'm like, i didn't so this know is, this, the, defi- didn't this is the this is the traditional definition of passivity okay it's the trait of remaining inactive or a lack of initiative. Okay. And the reason why that definition is important, the definition that's traditionally been held for most of history is because today I think it's very, it's becoming more and more obvious that men and women in any kind of relationship, in marriage, in their personal life are becoming very, very passive. And that is not a good thing. But <laughs> when you look at modern definitions or when you look at modern, like what is passivity on the internet? All you see is I'm so glad my coworker is so passive because it helps me get more things done. (gasps) Or I'm so glad like passivity is like the being very agreeable, being very this, being very that. And it's become this positive thing. And and I'm not and by no means are we trying to say like someone who can get along well with others or any of those things are bad traits, but they've kind of taken this term and they've twisted it a little.
1: To be a positive. To be a
0: positive thing. And I'm not saying there's this grand conspiracy to to change the word passivity, but I think we're really, really, really missing a a major point when we don't understand passivity as this idea of remaining inactive, lacking initiative, lacking drive, because that is something that is plaguing modern, specifically modern America. I'm not going to speak for the world. I live in America. Western culture. We see it in Western culture specifically.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, it's pretty crazy because I mean, today, like I was just saying, passivity equals reward there's almost a there's a reward process a reward system for letting things come to you um, sitting back maybe not taking the initiative taking the drive it's it's a whole different culture than even if it was even 10 years ago Um, we were watching a tv show the other day and there was just this joke about how this girl (laughs) was preparing for possible job interviews
1: oh yeah and she
0: had like 45 different resumes (laughs) for different aspects of different jobs and we're looking at that like that's that's absolutely crazy but today you yeah. walk into a job interview and you're like, so um, what budget will I have for my home office? Right, exactly. Is this exactly. 100% remote? <laughs> like all this different stuff. And it's just like, and that, the show, the episode we are watching was from like 2004. So it's not yeah. even that long ago. Yeah, no. I guess that's kind of long ago. It is kind of long ago. Mm-hmm. But it's almost 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> no it's not. Is yeah. it?
0: 18, right? Am I doing math wrong?
1: I don't know. I was born in 99. So five years, oh yeah, I guess I'm almost going to be 25
0: maybe that was just a math blunder on my part, but it seems like it's almost 20 we're years We're both ago.
1: really bad at math, everybody. Yeah, we, n- we never majored in math. Anyways, but,
0: but then, so that's kind of today's idea of passivity. But in the past, I mean, that equaled failure. If you were passive, right. if you were lacking initiative, if you were lacking drive, even 20, let's just go back 20, 30 years ago.
1: Even pre-COVID, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think COVID but had a big thing a to do with it. Maybe that's a different conversation. Maybe that is a different conversation. But you weren't going to survive. Mm-mm. I mean, let's just go back 200 years ago. Even, even 150 years ago, you would actually have died. Passivity would have equaled death. You would not have survived. You would not have had food. Are you talking
1: about, okay, like food, shelter? Anything.
0: Else. You would right. not have made it. There's no reward for lacking initiative, being inactive, not taking in drive into into account. It would not have worked. Yeah. But today, we just live in a whole different You can get world.
1: your groceries delivered too. You. you can.
0: And it's even those little things, right? Like I think sometimes we will, like, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up. I think we consider sometimes convenience to be passive. Like we, we think of like, oh, that's not passive. That's convenience. Like I can just get the groceries delivered in my house. And I totally get it. Like we live in a modern age, right. technology's everywhere. We have things that help us do life easier. But I think they've made us very weak and soft in areas that are much more important than things like groceries.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's an interesting shift in the dictionary, everybody. Yeah, know?
0: I just literally was looking at it earlier this morning and I was like, I was boggled.
1: That's crazy. I don't
0: even use that word that much. So i you use that word. You must know how frustrated I am <laughs> that I would use the word boggled. Um, but I think I think what we want to do kind of today is each of us talk about the passivity of people within our own gender. So, like, we can talk about men and we talk about yeah. women and where we see pa- passivity kind of creeping in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in. Go ahead.
1: Like, just a blanket statement, like... A lot of these things are going to be the same for both genders. Sure. But we're, I think, just speaking out of our own experiences. So if you're like a woman, don't fast forward to the woman section. Like, (laughs) listen to what Matt has to say. Um, And then, but also don't like put yourself in a box to be like, oh, this is who I am. I am this way. Like, maybe not all of these things apply to you, but maybe they do. So listen to them and evaluate, do a self-evaluation after the, after you listen to them, but.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things kind of t- talking about men and living in this passive culture is one of the things that comes to mind right away is work. I think we men have gotten to the place where we're no longer concerned with the aspect of provision and how, like I think I think you got to take it back a little further. Men have a lot of drive to work hard because traditionally men have had a drive to provide for their families. Mm-hmm. Men are getting married less today. Men are waiting longer to get married, and I think some of that has creeped into work life as laziness. Um, it's creeped in to be apathetic in work, whether or not whatever job you have. I think we're always looking for the easiest possible solution. Like I said, um, modern day job interviews look a lot different than they did yeah. in the past. You know, people are are wondering. Not what can what can I do to, to, to convince you that I, I can work hard at this job, but the, the almost the mindset of coming in is what can you guys do for me? Like right. how much can I get paid? Um, how much can you give me to, to furnish this in my office? Like will I have this perk, that perk? And I'm not saying any of those things in and of themselves are bad, but there's been a huge shift in culture and what we prioritize. And I think a lot of that comes from um, this idea of men being incredibly passive. I think also... Um, men, men tend to think, I think in, in work type situations, we can have this victim mentality mm-hmm. specifically uh, thinking about like a boss or thinking about someone like, Oh, you know, uh, I, I'm not getting this promotion because my boss, he's just so hard on me or he requires so much of me or he's just this way and I can't get around him. And I think a lot of times if you really did a self-evaluation check in the mirror, you're, you're, we're lazy. Men are becoming lazier and lazier in work. And I'm, and I'm not saying, like you said, this isn't just some qualifier for all men. I'm not saying all men are lazy. I know tons of people who work very, very hard, but I'm seeing more and more as I go uh, just through life, how much laziness and apathy and victim mentality is in the work that men do. Um, And it's just so different because that couldn't have possibly existed like 50 years ago. You just wouldn't have made it. You'd be on the street, you'd be homeless. No one would want to give you a job. There's no free give me's. and I'm not saying that, you know, people helping people out is a bad thing. But I think one of the ways that passivity just manifests itself in men is in their work. Yeah. And I think, it. unfortunately, none of it ever stays siloed, right? Yeah. Men, how they do in work, never just stays in work. It affects every aspect of their relationships. Um, I think it affects their friendships. I think one of the things that, especially in the church, that men um, do in relationships that kind of contributes to this passivity is there there's this lack of accountability and idea that just because we're Christians we can dismiss sins um i've told this to people before the worst sinning i've ever done is with christians yeah. um you know and i think that's an i a, a kind of this apathetic this passive idea that you know i don't have to step up i don't have to take charge i don't have to go the extra mile to do what's right in a world um, where everything's just saying, hey, you can do this, you can do that. And I think it happens in friendships all the time. I think men um, are, are more and more and more realizing, especially in this culture, that friendships are important, but I think there's a there's a disconnect. Like We're not reaching out to friends. We're not trying to cultivate these friendships. And I think women do a much better job at maintaining long-term friendships. I think even in my life, I have lots of friends that I just mm-hmm. don't talk to as much as I should. And I think it really, really kind of plays into this idea of passivity. Like, I'm not taking initiative. I'm not taking any drive. And and the big one is dating. You know, we're talking about relationships. Friendships right. are one thing, but, but dating is like the hugest thing. In in, in in Is that a word? Hugest? Yeah. I don't know.
1: The most huge? Let me I look know. it up
0: in the modern dictionary. No. no. <laughs> the most huge. The biggest thing I think that men's passivity manifests itself in is dating by far. Um, I mean, just think of what, what did dating look like I mean, dating's the concept of dating—is a modern thing. But, Very
1: modern, yeah. But
0: like, what what did dating, quote unquote, look like fifty years ago? It was this idea Not of
1: this. <laughs> courting someone,
0: right? You would you would try to you know do everything you could to to win someone over with their affections. You would you would hold the door open for people. Like this, maybe I'll just talk for me. Maybe I'm trying to. Um, I really like this girl, and I and I want to enter into a relationship with her. You know, I, I'm going out of my way to buy her flowers. I'm going out of my way to make sure I get to the door before she does because I, I want her to feel like I'm, I'm putting her interest before my own. You know, I, I'm, I'm paying for the meal. It's not even a question. I'm picking up the check, things like that. And I know a lot of what I'm saying sounds very anti-culture.
1: It does, um, yeah. And that's things. good yeah, because exactly.
0: um, I don't necessarily think just because we're in a culture where it's, maybe it's acceptable for or culturally normal for a woman to pick up the check. Like, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But men have kind of just taken this idea and just sat back deeper and deeper into the chair. Like, I'm not going to try to be courteous and kind. I'm not going to try to do these things. Um, I'll give you an example. Like, my grandfather made my father ask my mom's father (laughs) if he can marry. Like, all this kind of things. Like, that's just not how we do things today. Like, when I went to, see if I could date Ileana I went to talk to her dad
1: he drove four hours away and
0: and this is not in any way like look at what I did my dad is the kind of person who's like this is something one day you have to do I've done this I did this in another relationship too asking that person if I could date their daughter that's just to me I was like this is how I was raised this is common courtesy so I drove from Chicago uh, to where where did they live? Marriage. West Michigan <laughs> and it was like it was like, I don't know how long it was like five hours.
1: Yeah, for like four and a half or something.
0: And I was like, hey, let's sit down, let's talk. I want to talk about dating your daughter. And he thought I don't know if he remembers this, but he kind of thought halfway through like, I was I was there asking if I could marry you because we weren't
1: what, dating yet. We weren't even dating. But that's just so not the norm, right? Like, no. why is this person asking like.
0: Anyways. Yeah, and so, and, and that's unheard of, and no one does that anymore.
1: Yeah. And honestly,
0: it's really, really awkward. It was the it was one of the most, like, nerve wracking things I've ever done in my life.
1: Well, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I was just gonna say it's not easy to do these things, right? Like, it's yeah. easier to be passive.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. It's much easier to sit back and just let life happen. Yeah, and I think the the problem with men in, in dating relationships and passivity is that when you're dating someone, you're you're really trying to you're really kind of showing them who you are uh, in a sense. And if, if you're putting your best foot forward in a, as a man in a dating relationship, and you're not going out of your way to make her feel special, you're not going out of the way to hold a door open for her, you're not going out of the way to do, even these little things that sound, I know these things may sound so inconsequential. Um, you're not going out of the way to say, hey, let's have this hard conversation about um, maybe what I've done in my past, what you've done in your past, okay. Because I think it'd be helpful for us to, to learn more about each other. You know, these couples get married, after dating for four yeah. or five years, and then they realize stuff about each other in the year one of marriage, then I'm like, how did you not talk about this when you're dating? Right. And it's because, and oftentimes, this is not uh, necessarily always true, but oftentimes, women are too shy to bring these things up, mm-hmm. and men are too passive to say anything. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why the divorce rate's so high, is because people finally start to realize who they are with someone else, and yeah. they don't like it, and they don't mm-hmm. have godly Christian principles mm-hmm. Uh, in their life saying, hey, when we made a covenant before the Lord, this lasts forever. Yeah. And that's where it all falls apart. And I
1: mean, think about what you said about friendships too, like um, where you, there's no like accountability maybe in friendships and passivity. Like, and so if you are ready in your friendships, don't have somebody saying yeah. like, hey, how's your marriage going? What did you do today to love your wife better than you did yesterday? Yeah. Or something like that. All of these things piled on top of each other are making making the life situation worse and worse, right?
0: Yeah, like I said, none of this is ever siloed. It's right. going to compound. And and that's a good point about the idea of thinking about men and friendships. How many men just talking to the men? How many men have other men in their life who are so active and not passive in their friendship with you that they're going to call you out on anything? Mm. Like, "Hey, how's your relationship with the Lord been this week?" Hey, why, why do, were you looking at that person like that in the gym? Like things like that. Yeah. That sound, maybe sounds so old school, sounds so, we don't do that stuff anymore. But this is, it's a big issue. And it's, it comes down to this idea of passivity.
1: And let me just say too, like as your now wife, but as like your girlfriend when we were in college, the people I'm most thankful for in our life are the people who like stood beside you to do that for you, right? Mm-hmm. And the people, those are people who like, I'm thinking one specifically, he's like still in your life and is doing for that for you. And in a way that's for me in our marriage too, yeah. that he's able to do that for you.
0: Yeah. I have a friend. His name's Nick. We meet every Friday. Uh, he's pastor of a church in Kentucky. And we talk about things that matter. We don't, I mean, we're friends. We we hang out. We, I mean, when we see each other, we talk during the week, but on Fridays we get serious. Like, hey, how's your relationship with the Lord? Hey, how's your Relationship with your spouse. Like, are you loving your wife well? Are you looking at things on the internet you should not be looking at? Like, are you lying to me? We have each other's accountability reports for um, these internet tracker things because we're so, so um, desperate for accountability. It has nothing to do with us being holy (laughs) or being these great (laughs) people. It's because we know that if we let ourselves fall into passivity, the worst of us will come out. And that's what I think the big issue is with men right now is the worst of men is coming out. Because we've fallen into this passive "let things happen to me" culture, hmm. um, and one more one more kind of area I want to talk about with the men specifically is I think there's become a, a huge um, what's the word? I
1: don't
0: know. I was looking. I was going to say resurgence, but it, it's I don't fr- even know what
1: that word means. Okay, but it has to
0: have resurgence. Is like, is it it's rehappening? It's happening for the first time. There's this huge push. There's this huge oh, idea. Okay of men in the home being spiritually passive. I'm talking about Christian men. Um, For for non-Christian men, it's a whole other conversation, but for Christian men, I'm just trying to think, men who are married, who have wives, who have kids, when was the last time you gathered your family together? And maybe it it hasn't happened in a while, but would you guys gather your family together on a normal basis and say, hey, we're gonna get into God's word together. Mm -hmm. We're gonna pray together. Hey, wife, let's get together and pray. We need to pray for our marriage. We need to pray for our kids. Kids, let's talk about Jesus, because there's nothing more important on this earth than talking about Jesus to your children, you know, things yeah. like that. Instead, it's, I think, this kind of more, and it it's, pops up in media, you know, the men on TV are these passive, lazy wives are bossing them around. They just kind of drag their feet, sit on the couch. They're not taking any initiative, and I think that's translated into the church and men in the church oh, sometimes, sure. and yeah. I think it's the most terrible thing, because This issue is never going to fix itself. The world will never fix this issue. This will get worse. There will not be, quote unquote, good men and women of the world who decide, hey, we need to stop being passive. That's just not going to happen. It has to happen in in the church. It has to start in the church, which means it has to start in good churches and it has to start in homes because all that stuff comes down to the family, the home. I think this idea, and this is something I struggle with. I mean... I don't, we don't have kids yet, you know, like we're expecting our first, it's just you and me right now. Sometimes I'm like, man, I, I don't do good enough at saying, hey, like, let's, let's read the Bible together. Like, I know we read things separately. Or, hey, like, what did you, what were you learning today mm-hmm. in scripture? Or, you know, we, we pray with each other occasionally, but maybe it's not enough. Sometimes I, I'm like, man, I don't ever, I don't take enough time to sit with my wife and say, hey, let's, let's just like pray today. Like, let's pray for the day. How can I pray for you? Um, I, I often do that by myself. and I, I silo it off. And I even see like that pa- passivity creeping into my life and things like that. And it's something, um, we'll talk about kind of like, what's the solution to this later? But i give you a sneak peek. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. The answer <laughs> is not simple and it will be incredibly hard. Maybe the hardest thing you ever have to do to fight against passivity and yeah. culture. Because the entire world is against you on this issue. No one cares. Even
1: Webster's Dictionary. Even
0: Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> who we thought could do no wrong. <laughs> but...
1: That's good. Good job, babe. Good charge to the men. Women, are you ready? I think they don't (laughs) want to. I think they stopped listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so first, like, I think a lot of what you said could be applied to women, too, right? But I just want to talk from, like, my own experience and what I've seen in the communities around me. And um, here's what I'll say about the passivity of women, I think, in culture. Um, It just comes down to, I think, overall, Um, women not wanting to engage in conflict. Um, Women like to, we talked about this last week with my mom on the podcast, me and her both agreed, like women in general like to be in control. We like to make sure that all of our ducks in a row, if we're married, we like to make sure that our marriage looks like prim and proper to people around us in the church. Um, Maybe you like to make sure your kids look a certain way. Maybe if you're a student in school, you like to make sure that like you keep up a certain appearance. But, when we like to do that when it's easy and when it's convenient for us. And I think at times when things get hard, um, when we have to stand up for what we believe or when we have to um, have hard conversations with people or when we have to tell our boss at work, like, oh, you have, like that really hurt my feelings. Like, those are things we don't wanna do. Um, and so instead we just, we kind of, I think, get timid and we get scared. And like you said, sometimes women get shy in the way that they uphold themselves in conversations. And I think overall, in any area, that's kind of what I've seen from women in culture. And so I think for me, the biggest area this plays out for women is in friendships. And so you just said mm-hmm. like earlier, you think that women are like f- better at this than men. I agree. I think women tend to like have deeper friendships than men do. Um, but that's not easy. And so, like, the best friendships that a woman has, like the best friendships that I have, they don't leave room for me to be passive. Um, And I think that's true for men probably too. But if you look at the deepest friendships that are around you, um, are they ones where maybe you've gone through hard things or are they ones where everything's been easy the entire time and (laughs) you just happen to be really good friends? Like um, The deepest friends that I have are from my time in college and they do not let me be passive in my walk with the Lord in our friendships together, um, and in my relationships around me. And I think at times, um, we've had to have really, really, really hard conversations mm-hmm. or I've had to be on the end of them telling me something that's really, really hard for me to hear. Um, but the alternative to that is for both of us just to be passive in our friendship. And then the friendship fizzles out, right? Yeah. Like you said, I'm not reaching out to my friends or I'm not checking in with them to see how I can be praying for them or certain things like that. And at the end of the day, those friendships aren't going to last because there's no mutual active accountability, right? Like you were saying earlier. So I think like some, a lot of women will say like, well, if I'm like pretty good at making friends. Friends, like, just come naturally to me. I would say I sometimes put myself in that category where it's easier for me to, like, make friends with people. Like, I tend to get along with people. I would say that. Um, but that's doesn't mean it's easy. Like, it's really, really hard. And so, like, I'm preparing to be a teacher this year. And the class I'm teaching boop, boop. is um, social emotional learning. And so over and over what I've been hearing from these teachers is, like, oh, my goodness, the kids need this. And when i say oh like why do they need this and they're like they just don't know how to be friends with people like they coming out of COVID, especially for these like young kindergarten first graders they don't know how to be socially interactive with people they don't know how to forgive let alone even ask somebody to be their friend like they just haven't learned that
0: wait so it sounds like you're saying that the passivity of men and women is Mm -hmm. not siloed but it's trickling down
1: to our children children. yes exactly interesting but the thing that we recognize (laughs) with children is They're six, seven, eight years old. They need time to mature and develop and learn these things. How do we do that? We start putting classes in our schools called social emotional learning where they're learning how to be socially engaged with each other. I think that's a great thing. I'm so super excited to take this class. But if we can recognize that children need to be taught these things and need to put in hard work, and maybe it's really hard for them to go up to somebody and say, can you be my friend? Like, will you play with me today at recess? Like, That's really hard to teach kids. Why would it be any easier for us to be in a friendship where we don't have to do things, right? Like we have to put in this work. Like we're teaching kids to do that in our schools now. Um, And I think we need to recognize in our friendships that even if you're like a friendly person, you get along with people, I don't think this should just come naturally to you. Like the deepest friendships you have are ones that are going to be hard. But I think um, this could look like a lot of things in our friendships, like as women. I think specifically we do these things where we get into like catty fights, like people all the time, like there's a huge stereotype in women that we're like catty or gossipy or like all these things. It's because those things are true, right? (laughs) And so I think that looks like, uh, like maybe there's a group of three friends. This would happen all the time in college. There's a group of three, four friends Two of them are talking together and saying, can you believe so-and-so? Like, can you believe that, oh, my goodness, she was talking to this guy that I like, and she just like, I just can't believe she would do that. Blah, blah. And then what happens? The three of them hang out again, and it doesn't get brought up. Or the person who has a problem hangs out with that girl one-on-one, doesn't bring it up. And so maybe for months mm. at a time, or even for years. I know women who have hold, grie- held grievances for years. They don't say to anything that they've been hurt by this friend. We just sit there and we don't do anything. And like you said earlier, the people who do bring it up and the people who are active are labeled as hard to get along with or confrontational when in reality, they're maybe doing what they need to be doing to save their friendship. Um, like, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I feel like I could talk about this a long time. But at the end of the day, it comes down to women like, we show, I think we show that we're passive by ultimately, like, we sometimes, like, will assume the worst about our other friends, Mm -hmm. and we just assume, like, everything, it comes down to a pride thing, like, we think everything's about us, so obviously this person was trying to be out to get me, and it's not worth me bringing up, like, it's just easier if I just forget about it, but then what happens we don't forget about things. Like we <laughs> hold on to them where we could become bitter. We distance ourselves from that friend. And three years later, we realize, why was I not friends with you? Oh, because of this thing. Oh, let's just talk about that. I can seek forgiveness from you. You can seek forgiveness from me. And then you realize that would have been one of my closest friends had I just had this conversation with them. So yeah. um, that's kind of friendships. I think now going into dating, like you said, Matt, dating, I think is one of the areas where we see this the most. And I think women, what's happening, are in general reacting to the the way men have maybe initiated or not (laughs) initiated things in dating. And so I think this plays out in two ways. I think women will react in two ways. I think there's a first group of women that are kind of the opposite of what we're talking about on this podcast, where they're actually taking action. Um, and I don't know if this, I wouldn't say this is necessarily wrong, but I would say that it can lead to things that aren't going to be the best situation moving forward in that dating relationship if it turns into marriage. And this is what I mean by that. So maybe a woman, um, because a man is being passive, will ask a guy out. I don't think that's wrong. Maybe they will initiate a hard conversation with a man because he won't do it in their dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think these things are necessarily wrong. Here's how I could see that being really dangerous for a future marriage, now being married. Um, If you, when we were dating, were not leading me in purity, or if you were not spiritually following the Lord, if you were being passive in those things in your area of of your life, you weren't. But say you were, then that would have been really, really hard by the time we got married if I was the one always bringing up these hard conversations, if I was the one saying, hey, where have you struggled in your past? Um, that's going to be really, really hard for you because just like friendships, dating relationships, and engagements and marriages require mutual activity and mutual conversation. Um, and I think as women, if you're being the one to always take action, you're going to get burnt out really, really fast. Yeah. Um and you're not going to feel like someone is going out of their way to encourage you and love you.
0: Yeah. I think one of the main issues, just so we can kind of make sure we're all on the same page here, the issue is not that women in this culture are taking action, that they're stepping up, that they're having the hard conversations, that they're leading in these areas. Because that that is not wrong. Right. The thing that is wrong is that we live in a culture where they have to or it won't happen. Yeah. Um, so like, just think about it, like in a marriage, if there's a Christian couple who's married and the, the man who's supposed to be spiritually leading his wife, encouraging her, praying for her, um, edifying her is not doing those things maybe the wife is spiritually leading that family because no one else will. The problem is not that she's in a position of spiritual leadership. The problem is that she has to be in that position because she's been forced to be put in that position Right. because the man hasn't done anything. It comes down to, like I said, none of this is siloed. Um, none of this can be separated from from itself. Um, I think you painting this picture right after I painted mine is proving that men can't step up and and, and stop being passive without women doing it as right. well. And women right. can't step up, stop the passivity without men. Uh, they, these have to work hand in hand.
1: It's almost like the image of God was created male and female. Or it's something.
0: almost like, <laughs> that's true.
1: Genesis 127. I was just making a coloring sheet for my character. It's almost students. like he
0: said male and female, he created them. <laughs> yeah, It's so crazy how that works. <laughs> so you, you're talking about these two sides. Women right. taking action, not necessarily wrong, keep going
1: um so yeah so women taking action the next side i would say is what we kind what you said earlier um women who are also being passive alongside maybe a guy or man in a relationship and this is how i was um i would say actually probably like until a month into talking to you when we sat down and had a conversation about where our relationship was going a dtr right we had that but that was rough no, it was not. Was I it? mean,
0: like, no, it wasn't rough. The conversation—it was just like, "Whoo, it's oh, hard." Yeah, it
1: was I was like, "Hey, we
0: should talk." And then what? I'm like, "I'm so nervous. Get down, I'm like, hey, what, what is this?" We should, maybe
1: we could talk about that when we what talk we, about what the solution is. What are we doing? But um this is the category I'm in: women who are also being passive, and you end up getting hurt, and there ends up being a lot, a lot of emotional baggage for you as a woman, and honestly, probably for the guy too. And here's how that plays out. Um, we had this thing at our college. I don't even know if you know about it. The girls would say this term, coffee, not coffee.
0: Never heard so that. So it would be
1: like, everybody know. I don't even really have to explain that. The women will know what I'm talking about.
0: This is news. Just explain to me then. So explain to me like I'm three. This is news to me.
1: You're friends with a guy, he asks you, hey, I'm going to go study at this coffee shop today. I'm going to go get coffee. Do you want to go get coffee with me? You know that you're just friends um but you like you're like yeah like we like to hang out i could read a book today like i can go to a coffee shop we can hang out um one time of that happening probably not that big of a deal when that happens over and over and over with the same person as a woman when you have intense conversations with someone when you spend a lot of time with someone you are going to get emotionally attached to that person. I'm saying this because I've done this on multiple occasions. Um, specifically, like. So I got her. That is not. I mean, I guess that happened, but it was good. <laughs> ah, gotcha. But um, what <laughs> happens is there's not clear intentions for a long period of time, um, and you have this emotional connection to someone that the relationship is never gonna progress further than a friendship. But because. You've painted this picture for yourself of this friendship maybe progressing because you've had these maybe intimate conversations. I don't even mean like super intimate. I mean like they asked you like, oh, like I saw you were having a hard day. How was that for you? As a woman, that puts you in a really vulnerable vulnerable place emotionally to share with that person and them respond to you in a way that builds an emotional connection. And like as women, that can be really, really dangerous if – you are just friends with that person. Because now what happens in my marriage or what happens when I'm dating someone that's actually serious about going somewhere, well, I've cultivated maybe two or something, other fantasies in my head of me dating this person when that actually never happened. Because as women, we like to like, we think of things in our future. We're like, maybe one day, I mean, I did this when we were dating, right? Like maybe one day we'll be married and maybe (laughs) one day we'll be living here and we're doing this and ministry, blah, blah, blah. blah. And now the danger is if you do that with someone and nothing ends up happening and you're just friends, you get really, really hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only way that ends is usually by somebody having a hard conversation, but, um, I think I've just seen so many women in my life that I'm close to get hurt from this and it makes me really, really sad. And like you said, if a guy isn't having a conversation, women, like maybe we do need to step up and have a conversation and that can be really, really hard. But um,
0: yeah, it's interesting. So I've never heard that phrase before, but I know exactly what you're talking about, that whole issue. And it's funny that you say that because you kind of talked about it like as a woman being there and Maybe the guy just wants to hang out with you and get coffee, but that you're maybe making this emotional connection. You're not saying anything about it. But on the other side of it, men have entered into such a passive culture that maybe some men are using something like that because they're, they are they want to spend time with women and they're too afraid to, to say, hey, I'm ta- I want to take you out to coffee because I like you and I want to get to know you more in a more individual way <laughs> let me tell you this so funny that you said this that.
1: is the best advice i've ever gotten and it comes from oh, one of my hold on to not this one. Nope,
0: you heard it this in is the dating. best thing she's ever heard in her life hold <laughs> on to this one
1: my best advice i ever got was from <laughs> two of my dear like friends who are like i would say really good brothers to me in college they looked at me and they told me this was happening this situation that i just explained was happening with another guy on campus and they looked at me and they said Ileana, you should never have to wonder if a guy likes you and wants to pursue you. And it was a really hard moment for me where I realized that I didn't know if this person I had been hanging out with was interested in me or not. And at the end of the day, like, I had to cut ties (laughs) with that person, right? Because you can't, for the sake of my relationship, like, and my emotional health, I couldn't just sit there and assume whether or not he wanted to date me or not. Mm -hmm. And so like you said, like it could be maybe that the, this person just wanted to be friends. It could be that they were interested and wanted to go on a date with you, but unless they are saying that with their words or really, really, really showing you that with your actions, it puts you in this really hard place.
0: Yeah. I feel like if you're a woman and, and you're in this situation where, like you said, you're wondering whether or not a guy likes you, a good way to kick the passivity out of him is to just very boldly confront him and ask him. And right. if he says yes, maybe that was a moment of weakness for him, and he was a little nervous. And you guys can walk through that. And if he's still on this, uh, yeah, yeah, leave him. It's over. Don't yeah. don't waste any more time a waste of your with time. this guy. Yeah, really. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, which is just really
0: funny, but.
1: I feel like we could talk about this all day. I feel
0: like we could. But so here's the deal. We've kind of laid out a lot of problems, right? Yeah. This is the problem with men in culture, in passivity. This is the problem with women in culture, in passivity. So what's the solution? I feel like that's where we need to kind of land this plane today. Kind of giving some hope. hope. And I know we've talked a little bit about solutions throughout, but um, we want to point it back to scripture. So I want to read from Colossians 3. Uh, 12 to 17. I think, I think this passage kind of talks about the Christian life and how we're to live with one another, you know, obedience, not just uh, to the father, but to what he's commanded us to do. Um, I think it's just a very, very important passage in understanding relationships, how we need to live. And I think it addresses this idea of passivity as a whole. If we do these things, I think it's going to be hard to be passive if we're truly following what this says. So Colossians 3, 12 to 17 says this, therefore, As God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I know that's a long verse, and I want you guys to go read that later. Again, Colossians 3, 12 to 17. But I think if we committed as Christians, men and women, to following our lives, to patterning our lives after this verse, Mm -hmm. to committing to living with one another in any relationship we have, as this verse lays out, passivity will slowly creep its way out of our homes, out of our churches, and if that's where it starts, it eventually can be pushed out of our culture. Um, And that's what Paul is saying to Titus, like the entire book of Titus is about how the smallest of relationships, like. Godly men and godly women in the church can can affect godly homes, which can affect godly church, which can then permeate a godly culture. Like, this is possible. It's possible to do. Um, And I think that's where it comes down to, the idea that this Christian life requires active Mm -hmm. obedience, not just to Jesus, but how we live and communicate with one another.
1: Yeah. I think, right, like, requires this whole thing, like the Christian life, (laughs) requires active obedience like to the way we are with jesus and others um and so let's just walk through i think a couple of like a few main points from that way i think we can draw from this text um being is the opposite opposite of passive we'll use the word active being active um it requires us to be uncomfortable and so if you look at verse 12 we're called to be like have humility gentleness and kindness those things are are not always the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not really comfortable for me to sit on the other end of a conversation with one of my dear friends where she says, Hey, I noticed you were doing this. Have you thought about how that's affecting me? Um, because that requires me to be humble. Um, and that requires me, if I'm the one having that conversation, to be kind. And that can be really hard. So it requires us to be uncomfortable. Um, it requires us to speak honestly. Um, in verse 13, we're called to forgive each other's grievances. Um, and... Part of that is making our grievances known with each other right I mm-hmm. can't forgive you in our marriage um, or like forgiveness is best executed I think in Christian relationships when we're able to have a conversation about it yeah. right um, and so part of that like for me part of my I don't know I don't really like the word healing like part of me growing from that situation in college where I had spent time with that guy, Um, not knowing what was going to happen was he came to me and apologized for the way that whole situation turned out. Um, And that required honesty from both him and me to have that conversation, right? To be able to forgive each other and move on. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard. And third, I think it just, it requires us to be encouraging and admonishing. In verse 16, um, we're called to admonish each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay. The beginning of that says to let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in wisdom and teaching. So in order to be encouraging and admonishing to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We need to be reading God's word, right? We need to be meditating on verses like this in Colossians 3 where we're learning about what it looks like for us to walk the Christian life. So I think, like you said, like we laid out a lot of problems. I hope you guys didn't just hear us like, being on a soap, like speaking from a soapbox at you guys, <laughs> we're really passionate about this issue because we've seen it in our lives and our friends and um, in the church. Um, but ultimately, like there is hope in Jesus Christ and read Colossians 3, 12 through 17 on your own and just see like, what is the Lord calling you to do?
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at, thinking about the solution, if you're anything like me, you like to find the most efficient way to do things. Um, I, <laughs> when I see a problem, I'm I'm not jumping into it right away. I'm like okay, this can take an hour or this can take 20 minutes. Like how do I most efficiently accomplish this task? This issue is going to be hard. Yeah. There is no shortcut. In this issue, it yeah. is going to take hard work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take grind. It's going to take you feeling and maybe looking like an idiot in front of your wife or your co workers because you have to be in such a vulnerable place. Um, and it's going to produce life giving fruit that everyone sees. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, um, there's just nothing more important, I think, in our culture right now than people in the church stepping up and being active in all these different areas. I think it's. It's how it's one of the ways we show uh, who our God is. Um, Jesus was not a, a mm-hmm. passive person; he actively obeyed the Father to the point of death, even death on the cross.
1: He came to serve, not be served. Um, and I, right? I just All think,
0: I think it's going to be really, really hard for me and for some people to actually do this well. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of work. And the, the thing that really sucks is that you're not going to get to a point when it's accomplished. You yeah. will have to fight with this. And fight this issue for the rest of your
1: life. And it just comes down to, like, do you want to do it or not? Like, do you... I think there are going to be women who heard this and are like, oh my gosh, like, I'm experiencing this right now. And you can choose to either, like, have a hard conversation about it so that you're not still being hurt by this situation happening in a dating relationship or a friendship. Or you can decide just to keep doing that. And, like, honestly, like, suffering the consequences, so...
0: Yeah. And so if you're, if this is something that you're hearing and you're realizing how important it is, um, and you're serious about it, we do have a challenge for you. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I promise that if you do it, it will be one of many steps to really, really changing what's going on in your life and in your relationships. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to do is sometime in the next two weeks, I want, we want you to find someone in your life that you know has been affected by your passive behavior. I think if you take a couple minutes to sit down, I think you can think about it really quickly. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. spouse, maybe it's someone you're dating, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your, one of your parents. Maybe if you're a father or a mother, maybe it's one of your kids who's old enough to call you out on something and then you just dismiss them as, oh, I'm the parent, instead of showing them what uh, true humility looks like and apologizing, <laughs> which is like, what well, parents apologizing to their kids? Like, what does that even mean? Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your boss at work. Regardless, um, find that person, just one person, and genuinely seek forgiveness. Say, yeah. "Hey, this is what happened. I know you remember this. I'm sorry that this hurt you because of my passivity, yeah. because of my lack of this. Um, I think you will be blown away by the response you get yeah. for someone actually seeking for you actually seeking that from someone."
1: Yeah, I think just to even bring up our last podcast, right? Like. Um, there was a time where, if you guys listened to my parents' story, if you didn't go listen to it, but if you did, um, there was a time where my dad sat down with us as the kids, and my mom too, and he said, I'm sorry for not like spiritually leading our home, and he apologized to us for that. And the amount of um, restoration that that's able to bring to a family or to a friendship or to a relationship um, is astronomical. And um, I think... Yeah, I'll just repeat everything you said. But. Yeah, well,
0: I know this is a lot. We threw a lot at you guys, but we hope at the end of the day um, it was life-giving, it was yeah. encouraging, and we are really excited to see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Mm-hmm.